Hey everyone, Trian here. Welcome back to the Be That Create That channel where we are having some wonderful conversations with women all over the world lately that are making an impact in the world around them. They're making a difference in a way that feels passionate and fulfilling, really creating that leadership lifestyle that we talk about often in our communities and in our groups. So Without further ado, I'm going to bring on Sarah today. I'm going to let her introduce herself and what she does. I know that you're going to find this interview very interesting and definitely have some takeaways. So let's bring Sarah on. Hello. Hey, thanks so much for having me today. Yeah, I'm really enjoying um, the different conversations and the interviews I've been having for the podcast here lately. Um, and I feel like you're going to bring up a topic for people in our community that is not talked about as often as mm -hmm. I think it could be to really help them get to their next level. So why don't you just share a little bit about yourself and, and maybe how you got to what you're doing today? Sure. So I am a somatic experiencing practitioner, which means I work a lot with the body and the nervous system. I am a melt method instructor, which is a connective tissue modality. So working with our fluid system, and I'm also a peak performance coach. So I wear many hats <laughs> in a multidimensional way. And I am a homeschooling mom. I live in Western Massachusetts in the United States, and I have two boys. I have a 17 and a nine. And you know, navigating all the things, juggling, <laughs> juggling all the things, weaving out of that homeschooling and business and mumming and and working to find that thread and alignment through it all. And my background is in school guidance counseling. So I was a guidance counselor in a high school for about five years. And when I stepped into that environment, I was not prepared <laughs> for <laughs> for many of those things, but mostly the, the dynamic of working in a system and the politics. And it started to really suck my soul and my body really broke down. And that was after, I think, also just an entire childhood of people pleasing and doing the right thing and very type A and to-do list focused. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And I'm sure lots of, lots so of many So many hands are being raised right now that they're like, holy shit, is she talking to me? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I really started to uncover that when I went and worked, I had that my son was born at that time, my second son, and my body started to break down in really intense ways. I was being diagnosed with a variety of autoimmune illnesses. Every doctor was saying it was not related to the other. And I was sort of just uncovering that there had to be something more. And it was about that time that I started to do the somatic experiencing training, which is a modality created by Peter Levine that really looks at our wiring and our mammalian biological responses as what drives behavior, as what allows us to show up in the ways that we do and really is what sort of foundationally creating the patterns that we get caught in and the and the hooks and triggers that we get wrapped up in and so mm -hmm. as i was doing this training i started to wake up i started to recognize how shut down my system was and i think there can be some misconceptions with shutdown oftentimes we might think of shutdown as i can't get out of bed and i'm frozen and i'm depressed but there's also high functioning shutdown, which is what a lot of us tend to be in, which is I don't stop. 
and I'm on a hamster wheel and I just keep going. And until my body is yelling and like pushing me into my bed because I'm so ill or I get sick or I get hurt, then I slow down and I listen. So I started to learn like, wow, how much I was overriding what my body was actually communicating then i started to recognize like i actually don't want to be doing this thing <laughs> i don't want to be doing this thing that i'm in i am spending so many hours outside of work working on this thing for other people in the guidance you know it was one morning it was like one o'clock in the morning and i was on my fourth letter of recommendation for a senior and i was like what if i put all this energy into something that was my own like what could be possible and that really was a light bulb moment for me to to really put in my notice in order to care for a lot of what was showing up in my body and also start my own business um, i'm very fortunate my father is an internationally known sports performance consultant so i started to train with him he also integrates somatic experiencing so while I was at the school, I was studying and I was training with him. And so when I left, I immediately had clients. I work a lot with athletes who have blocks or fears and entrepreneurs who have blocks or fears and performers. So I started to take clients and I immediately, I was very fortunate, was able to have quite a full practice because of referrals coming in. And this is, I'm completing right now my seventh year of business. So moving in next year into my eighth. Uh, and uh, it's been an amazing wild ride here. <laughs> That's so exciting. I love a lot that you shared. I felt a little called out, but I'm, we can go into that later. <laughs> I get a lot of like, um, how do you do everything you do? And I'm like, well, time blocking. And also when you're passionate about something, one of the things that I, I loved and this kind of mimicked it is you said, I do this and then I do this and then I do this. We were talking about momming and homeschooling yes. and whatever. And I love how the picture comes is it to flow. Yes. I mean, yes. I feel like balance is really BS when it comes to balance for me. It's, am I present in this moment right now? Am I yes. doing this thing right now? And am I happy about it? Right. Yes. And I'm not thinking or mom guilting or whatever. Right. So, um, when you're working with people, I know you said you work a lot with, um, divers, entrepreneurs, like what does it feel like to go through, you know, what would be a program or, you know, maybe even share with people how you would start? Sure. So I work, I have a number of teaching pieces that I'm holding. I work very intuitively, I'll say that. And mm -hmm. at the same time, right, I'm holding also, there are very concrete ways that our body and our brains are wired and we're not taught about those things. So whether I'm sitting with a 12-year-old diver or whether I'm sitting with a 50-year-old 50, 50 entrepreneur or lawyer, I am entering into those conversations very similarly around how do you want to be feeling and what is actually happening. And let's really build awareness around a mind-body connection mm -hmm. because our mind and our body are really all the time working and influencing how we're then showing up and how we're all allowed to show up even mm -hmm. i work a lot with people that come to me and say i know i'm fine and i want to be doing the thing but my body is feeling really nervous or like after i run a group or a retreat i then get sick all the time mm -hmm. so there are ways that people find me after they've done a lot of work or a lot of therapy or self-reflection 
but their behavior and body isn't quite lining up to how they actually want to be feeling and know they can be feeling. So sitting down, we're doing a lot of nervous system education and a lot of like, this is actually how our body is designed. We have cycles of activation and deactivation that our physiology goes through and our human mind gets us caught in those cycles instead of like, you know, you did this motion, right? But this is this flow. And mm -hmm. Ease doesn't mean easy, right? And I'm all about cultivating ease. How do we be in that? And, and it means like meeting each situation, each experience, each emotion that's coming up with compassion, with grace, with that presence so that we can be with it and not fight against it, which then allows things to really move through. And I also agree with you around the balance piece. I'll just add this little note. I'm a Libra very much a Libra. And so for so long, right, Libra is all about balance, right? It's the scales. And for so long, you know, we think or we're taught that balance is this endpoint that we're supposed to reach and be and then stay in. And really, for me, balance is a process. It's it's mm. and we're a process. We're a living process. We're always evolving. And so how do we meet ourselves in that and align with what's showing up and know the cycles that our systems go through, especially if you're a female identifying person who's listening, who has a womb space, who has bleeding or has blood in their lifetime, we have these beautiful natural built-in cycles that mm -hmm. we can learn about and harness and be with so that we don't blow out our capacities, so that we're not mm -hmm. blowing out how we're showing up and that we can hold the more. I mean, when we're moms and we're running businesses or we're working and we have families, that that's a lot we're doing a lot and i really believe that we can do that without beating ourselves up and without the mommy guilt and without our bodies crashing and feeling really good while that's happening yeah and if you could give somebody one exercise to try to either calm or balance mm -hmm. themselves while they're going through all that what would yes. be one thing that they could that they could take away or or do can i do two yeah, you can do, you can do too. Bonus. Yeah. So, so the biggest thing is that is creating space. So my business, I call Soma Synthesis Studios, and it's all about creating spaces for healing, for integration, for expansion. If we're not creating the space, we can't expect ourselves to feel better. If we're not pausing and prioritizing moments that are just for us, we can't expect anything to change or anything to be different. So my my first <laughs> Amen. nugget is you have to create the space. Now, that can be as simple as I remember when my youngest, who's nine now, was in a car seat. And my space was the 45 seconds when I buckled him in and I walked around my car to my front door. I looked at the earth i breathed in fresh air it didn't matter if he was screaming and losing his stuff inside the car it didn't matter what tantrum we had getting out the door but those 45 seconds or a minute were my moment to reset to realign to just find my feet again because again mm -hmm. there's so many ways that we're getting pulled and hooked and our brains are going and we're it we're getting caught in stories and we're not present 
So yeah, I was just at our restaurant last night and one of the girls that was working there, she and I both were like, you don't realize how loud your world is. <laughs> yes. Until yes. that moment that you get in your car by yourself. Yeah. And I, I've worked with my clients with this too. You know, you've got this energy that you're coming home from work. Now mm -hmm. your family doesn't know what kind of day you had or what you yeah. have going on. So it's okay. Similar to shut the door, walk around the car, being in the car for five minutes before you walk in the house to okay. regulate your emotions and almost reset and breathe and sit in silence is important, not only for you, but as you're building those relationships with yes. your family, I know I've had times that I've walked in the house too fast and <laughs> I've had, I've had issues with that and recognized absolutely. it. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. And I, and I think if we can't start by taking the space for ourselves, cause we really do deserve it. We are, you know, are, it's important to have the space for ourselves, but if that feels like uh, edgy choice. If that feels like it's stirring up mom guilt, then do it for your family. <laughs> Take the space alone in service to those people who are important to you in your lives, because that is how we expand our capacity. We have to have the spaces to fall apart. We have to have the spaces for silence. We have to have the spaces for our own healing and to process because there are ways, even when we're conscious that we are masking or we're playing a role or we're putting it on. There are many times where I'm dampening my expression because it wouldn't be appropriate to scream at my nine-year-old for like leaving his shoes out in the floor with the mud again. Like that's not appropriate response. I don't want to do that but I'm still overriding how I actually feel in my body, right? The activation comes up and I feel the anger and then I'm immediately squashing that or dampening that so that I can be appropriate or so that I'm not losing my stuff on my family, right? <laughs> so if I'm doing that, that charge, that anger, that activation still lives in my body. And mm -hmm. so I need the spaces, I need the time separate so that I can move that so that I can release that, whether that's through dance or I love singing very loudly in the car. That's something that really helps. I don't have to know what I'm processing. I'll just sing. I, my nine-year-old loves to sing too. So we'll sometimes do that together. So, so finding things with our family and without that then help move and process what we're holding. That is the only way that we'll then have more space to navigate when things are coming up. Well, and I also think as we have those conversations, like my girls are 11 and nine or 11 and eight. Yeah. And when we're having those conversations, I mean, my kids at this point know when I say I need a moment yeah, because we're teaching them to yeah. regulate those emotions that Absolutely. way. And instead of, you know, pushing it down, like you're saying and holding yeah. on to it, which is going to turn into resentment later, Absolutely. choosing like how you want to lead yourself, how you want to lead that relationship. And I don't think hiding emotions from them is helpful. Right. You know, as a woman, we yeah. have to be able to share yeah. how we're feeling without feeling bad about that Absolutely. or like we're not allowed to feel. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And then, you know, going back to that original question around like, what's the one thing that you can do? There are so many practices and things out there that support your body calming down. And so my advice always to folks and invitation is 
finding and playing with the things that work for you. There isn't a one size fit fits all. We're our own organism that needs different things. So it's learning a few things and trying them and trying them in a conscious, intentional way, not in a, I try it for two seconds and then it's not working. And then I give up because I'm frustrated, <laughs> mm-hmm. which definitely can happen. But how can we choose a thing or two and try it? And one of the the practices that I teach right away is just learning about the reality around breath and what actually calms a body down versus what we've been told. So most of us know or have been told, oh, take a deep breath if you're calm or take some deep breaths to calm down. And that actually is going to add more charge into your system. So if I'm busy and I'm stressed and I'm like going to take a moment, I'm going to take a deep breath. (gasps) That's going to actually add more activation energy in my body. And so the trick with breathing, if you're wanting a quick breathing practice to calm a physiology down, it's your exhale. It's a long exhale. So I will teach a 315 breath or a 317 breath where you're breathing in for three seconds, you're holding it for a couple of seconds, and then you're exhaling as long as you can. The numbers don't really matter so much as that the exhale, we want that exhale longer than your inhale because that's what's going to help the mechanism in the nervous system start to come into that parasympathetic response, which is that rest and digest response that we want in order to settle our system down. So adding sort of a boost to that would be, can you feel your feet and do the breath at the same time? As mammals were organizing constantly in space and evaluating for danger. And so if we can sense our body in space, looking around a little bit, feeling our feet, that actually as simple as that sounds, will take an initial urgency or alert out of your body. And then we add a breath in or a couple of breaths, and that will be enough to start to bring the the body down. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I think just getting ourselves to calm. Everybody says, oh, I wish I had more energy. I, you know, I want to have more energy, but I think we forget about the fact that it's okay to also slow down and also really important to slow down. So we don't burn out. Right. And, and the energy healthy nervous system. When my nervous system is functioning in an optimum healthy way, I have energy, right? Mm -hmm. We have natural healthy cycles of activation and deactivation. So like I get up in the morning that's my activation energy. And I go to bed at night and that's the deactivation. And then we have little bits of those in our day. So if we want more energy, we have to have spaces that our system is resting. And there's a difference between checking out and zoning out and generative nourishing rest for our nervous system. And so that's the other thing too, around how, when you are taking spaces, are you scrolling? Are you watching TV? Are you stimming your brain with other information? Or are we generatively like noticing our body and being with our body and settling our body? And most of us escape our bodies. That's certainly how I was for, for many, many years. Like I didn't learn any of this stuff until I was in my thirties and mm-hmm. you know, when I'm, you know, 10, 10 more years in. And so like giving like just a lot of grace to yourself, if it's hard to 
like put the TV down or put the phone down because our, we're so patterned now to find safety in the stim and the doing. And mm -hmm. so when we start to try to create these spaces for settling, our body might rebel a little bit. And so we have to give it a little bit of time. But I can't expect myself to be like all calm and great with my family or myself if I'm never calm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I like to use a zero to 10 scale with clients. Like zero is calm and relaxed, summer vacation, not a care in the world. And 10 is like, I'm jacked up and I'm stressed out and I'm angry. I also, I'm excited, right? Excitement also mm -hmm. generates the same physiological response in our bodies. Mm -hmm. And so starting to learn, like, where are you on the scale? And many of the women that come and see me, I'll say, where are you a zero? And they look at me like I have five heads. Never, ever, you know, and then we have to go back. Oh, that one time when I was in 11th grade, we went on a vacation to Hawaii and I was able to be at the beach. Like, unacceptable. We have to have more spaces for ourselves where we can feel good so that in a stressed out moment or a charged moment or a moment where, where we could go into a pattern, but we want to make a different decision, then we'll have space and capacity to be able to do that, to be able to choose differently. Mm -hmm. I love that. I almost feel like that just gave permission for a slowdown because yes. that is how you take care of yourself yes. and then add the energy. Yes. 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 Wonderful. And, yeah. yeah. You can't and, go, go, go without completely burning out or frying. Exactly. And one of my favorite mantras, right, is it's safe to slow down. Like so many of us are carrying pattern, like patterns that aren't even ours. We're carrying mm -hmm. our body is holding seven, at least seven generations back of our ancestral patterning. And so for me, I'll speak as a white woman. My background is all Ashkenazi Jews. So slowing down wasn't an option. We were constantly like my lineage was constantly hiding and being small and like morphing and twisting and like being invisible. And so for yeah. me, I've had to do a lot of rewiring in my system around it's safe to slow down. It's safe to be visible. It's mm -hmm. okay. And training my body to be able to be in that because a lot, a lot of women that come and see me say like, I don't know why I'm like this and get really frustrated at the why behind things. And oftentimes the why is bigger than the, uh, this right now in this lifetime. And that can be really relieving on some levels. Like, cause I do think we hold a lot of blame often and a lot of guilt. And when we look at, wait, this is bigger than me. This is like ancestral. This is also like historical for, again, for women, like we historically have not been able to slow down and, mm -hmm. and it hasn't been safe. And so we're really trying to move in, in a new direction here as we're helping our kids become healthier adults so that mm -hmm. they're not navigating what we're navigating as we're preparing the next generations for like a sustainable future. That includes our physical bodies. Like mm -hmm. if our bodies are breaking down, we're getting sick, we're having a lot of illness, we're diagnosing so early with kids and, and for ourselves, and then we're masking things with medication. And so it's really important that we're going back to these really basic things that can sometimes seem almost silly, but mm -hmm. those are the small steps that need to happen in order for us to really embrace and step into expansion. Do you think that the reason that women 
look for a why is because once they feel like they understand the root, they feel like they have a control over it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we, we want to know the why so then we can fix it. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. And, and the more I dive deep into <laughs> my layers of healing and, and I go in lots of different directions. Like I can talk about the science behind all the things. And then I also can go very far out there and I work energetically and in different ways. The deeper I go, yeah. The deeper I go, the more I don't know. <laughs> like really the more we don't. yes <laughs> yeah yes I feel that way as well as I'm like oh this is so interesting and you know as a leader I I love to learn that's one of my core values but it's yes. almost like I get to a point where I can't take any more in I'm like I need to sit there and, and process but yes. I'm so interested yes <laughs> oh gosh so um we talk a lot in this community about a morning routine mm -hmm. understanding that not everyone is a morning person yes. do you feel like you've had this successful business now for seven or eight years and prior to that as your career as a counselor so do you feel like there's something that you do on the daily that's maybe a non-negotiable for you that helps you feel successful or um organized or that's just a non-negotiable for you yeah so i have things that I'm doing on a daily basis, a weekly basis, a monthly basis, and a quarterly basis that are like non-negotiable. Mm -hmm. And so for my daily basis, I'm really grateful. I have kids that sleep really late. I don't know where that blessing came from, but like my little one woke up like five minutes before we were supposed to be on. He's usually sleeping between, you know, anywhere from 8.30 to 9.30 he'll get up. Mm -hmm. So I tend to have spaciousness in my morning. So my non-negotiable is I don't open my computer up first thing in the morning. I have to work really hard to do that, but mm -hmm. that's a first choice. And I immediately walk into the kitchen and drink a glass of water. So that mm -hmm. way, if I don't drink anything else during the day by accident, I've at least <laughs> had water. Um, mm -hmm. I'm really about phys physically, like what does our body and our tissues need in order to be carrying us through the day and hydration, hydrating foods and, and water and um, my melt method practice, which we'll talk about in just a second. Those are my non-negotiables because I do still carry different um, pain in my body from different things. And so when I'm hydrating and when I'm using my melt method practice, those are for me the things that help my body feel good. And if my body feels good and I'm not in pain, I'm going to have more energy capacity to do the other things that I want to do that day. Right. And so the melt method is this modality that works with little rubber balls and super large, soft foam rollers, and it hydrates your connective tissue system. So our connective tissue is that 3D fluid matrix that houses all of our muscles and bones. And our nervous system receptors live in the tissue. Mm -hmm. And over time, what happens from aging, but also the repetitive movements, like we're all sitting on our butts right now, squishing our connective tissue, right? Or we're on our phones, yes. or we're on our computers, right? And so we built up what the creator of melt calls stuck stress in the body. So the melt method releases the stuck stress from your tissues. It's delicious. It feels like magic and it's super rooted in science, which are my, <laughs> my favorite combination. Right. It really helps regulate your nervous system. This is a practice that's great for doers because 
you don't have to like get yourself to be calm and meditate. You do a thing on a roller or you do the thing with the ball with your hands or your feet and then you feel better. <laughs> and so <laughs> I really like this for those of us who have trouble stopping or slowing down because it's a way that we can build in a down regulation in our body, like a calming in that nervous system without having to like get ourselves to meditate or to calm down. Mm -hmm. And so that in my morning, or at least sometime during the day, I am making sure I'm either getting on the roller or doing a hand or foot treatment uh, every day, because I really can feel the difference in my body when I don't. Okay. And then you said um, something on a monthly basis. What would you say is a suggestion for something on a monthly basis? Yeah. So uh, I'll go to my quarterly and then I'll back up to monthly. So quarterly, and this is the second year I've done this, non-negotiable, four weekends away solo every quarter. Oh, wow. That's no nice. work. Yeah. <laughs> Did everyone catch her face? <laughs> No work. Okay. No work. Yes. So, and, and this, this year, last year was harder for me to like, I did it, but I, I definitely, there are weekends I worked this so far. I've done two. I have my third booked in a couple of weekends where I'm, I'm not working because there's so much permission for me when I, when it's for work, traveling for work, teaching for work, going here for work, running a workshop, right? It's still work. It's not, even though it's alone, it's, it's still not fully for myself. And so that has become essential for my sanity, for my creative spurts. I come back from those weekends and I am lit up and I am energized and I have ideas for my business and whatever I've done during that time, whether I'm just melting a lot and being outside or whether I am journaling and I have ideas coming through or I go to the water I'm a beach girl. I love being at the ocean. Mm, I'm an Aquarius. Water is my happy yes. place. Yeah. <laughs> so those spaces for me, and that really was sort of the reason behind creating, I have a weekend offer for busy, <laughs> busy women, busy mm -hmm. humans, entrepreneurs, um, that's a weekend where you come to um, my neck of Massachusetts and stay in an Airbnb and then have the space alone. And I come in and do healing work and support with your nervous system. But that because for me, that has allowed me to be and I've had massive expansion this year and last year. And that's really supported that for myself without getting sick the way I used to without my body breaking down without tend my body gets hurt. Like that was the mm -hmm. old thing that used to happen. I fall or bash something or um, I've fallen downstairs a bunch of times. So when I've created these spaces, that has really shifted things for me. And then on a monthly basis, I am taking at least one day or two like afternoons where mm -hmm. my husband is on with the kids and again, not work related. So I have my my time where my husband's on, like we have an arrangement, he has Mondays off. And so he does Saturday to Monday are his days. And those are like my work days. And, um, but within that, making sure I'm having at least one solid like retreat day for myself, where I, um, my new favorite practice is to go in a float. Have you ever done a deprivation tank? I haven't, but I have heard of them. There's cities around us. Yeah. Yes, it is. It is my new favorite thing because it's so quiet. I mean, it is just all you moms listening. This is just 
heaven. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to San Antonio soon, and uh -huh. I know that they will have something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, yes. That would be wonderful to try. Yeah. Yeah. So I might like on that day go and book myself a float, like building in generative practices that I know that support me and support my creativity so that I can be in that. Because I find for me, particularly running my own business, but even if you're, you know, working for another company or, and there's a lot we take home and there's a lot we're doing at home and we're, we have trouble leaving things at the office. So making sure that like on this weekly, monthly and quarterly basis, I'm having spaces that are not work related, that are me alone um, mm -hmm. in service to making sure that I'm mom, partner, wife, friend, business. I owner. hear you. Yeah. We have to create those spaces. I do something called a set it up Sunday. Mm. <clears throat> One of the things that I do is look ahead and I just go, okay, so where am I showing myself as a priority? Whether I that's the that. gym or going for a coffee or going for a whatever it is, yeah. um, making sure that I have some of that in the schedule, especially during the summer when the kids are home, yeah. um, it, you know, you feel like a little bit of torn between working from home and they're here and I should soak up as much time as possible. Right. So, um, awesome. Well, you have shared some wonderful information with the community today. I want to make sure that I get your website up. What kind of things can they find at your website, which will be in the show notes as well for the podcast. Okay. Great. Yeah. There's lots of information on there around the different ways that I work with folks, information about that retreat that I was sharing information about my one-on-one -on -one coaching and mentorship. I also have a pretty extensive blog that's been running the whole seven years that my business has been. So there's a lot of free, you know, information and nuggets in there around writing and you can sign up for my newsletter. I send out different um, news and updates and musings around what I'm noticing energetically. I do a lot of sort of collective reading. So mm -hmm. I monthly, there are energetic updates that I've sort of projected out from the beginning of the year that will happen. So my August newsletter is coming out today that will have the energetic read for this month and some things to expect. And so, yeah, so there's lots of different, lots of it's sort of a rabbit hole, my website. So you can, <laughs> I get it. Yeah, no, I think that's awesome. I mean, we have to teach people to be resourceful. Yes. You know, so I feel like you can give them the information and they're going to find what is meant for yes, them. Exactly. And then at that point, it's kind of, you know, in their lap to decide what they're going to do with that. Yeah. One of the things that's on your website though, that we, we talked about was your nourish the, ner the nervous system workbook. Yeah. You want to share that a little bit? Sure. So I have a PDF um, workbook that has a lot of practices. It's there. Well, there are three practices, but it's a little bit of what we talked about today, but a little bit more in depth around helping to really expand your capacity so that you can hold more. And so from my lens and my background, the foundation of our capacity has to do with how our bodies are showing up, how our organism is. And so this workbook gives you really concrete things to do or practices to be in awarenesses to start to develop because we can't change anything unless we're knowing what's happening in the first place. So the workbook provides you with some reflection points to start to gather some information so that you can begin to interrupt some of the patterns you might be noticing and make different choices for change. 
I love that. Again, you give them the resource and they can figure some of that stuff out, what works for them. You know, same thing I do with our morning routine, um, 21 day challenge. It's here are some things that you can try. Yes. Decide what's going to work for you. You get yes. their buy-in and they build their own and then yeah. you change your own life. It's a little bit of the, um, rather than that, uh, it's more independent than them Absolutely. always thinking they need to go through their coach. You know, yes. I would love to work with people forever, but I also don't want to create a dependence where they don't believe in themselves. Right, right. And there's a way, like there's a real clear way our nervous system, our body is communicating to us around what is working and what we need. And for so long, we ignore that. And so it can feel very foreign. So we do really look out to experts, to health practitioners, to our coach to like tell us what to do. And I know um, because you shared a bit, you know, our work is similar in the sense of like really orienting people back to their bodies, to their own knowing, to start to sense and put together, okay, like how do I actually feel? What do I actually need? Because so much of that has been ignored or overridden over time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, thank you again so much, Sarah, for sharing everything with our community today. You dropped some amazing golden nuggets. I cannot wait to hear some of the response from this episode. And um, is there anything that you're creating right now that um, you're excited about that you'd like to share or that you'd like some help with? Oh, yeah. Um, I think just the, the retreat is what I'm really jazzed up about right now that I was sharing earlier. It's called Spacious and it's a weekend healing retreat. And I've, I've done it twice now with folks and the feedback has been blowing my mind and it's beyond what I was hoping for. It was like exactly what I wanted people to take away from and, and more. So if that's something that's speaking to you, if people flying in from different parts of the country to come and stay for a weekend and um, receive really what would be very supportive for your nervous system, which then will have reverberations, you know, as you move into the upcoming months, just the expansion that has happened for both the participants um, that have attended so far has, is blowing my Flipping my mind. So it just shows that as soon as we're passionate about something, like take action and you can you can impact people's lives with one conversation. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you again so much for being on. If you love this episode, I can't wait to hear some of the takeaways that you have from Sarah's interview. And you can find us on the YouTube, LinkedIn, uh, the Female Leader Headquarters, and on our business page through Facebook, Be That, Create That. And um, we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks again, Sarah. Thank you.